for Do I have the top four ready? What do you take me for? A member of the Tiger team? Shut your mouth. I'm the guy that gets the job done, Crash. Oh, yeah. You must be the other guy. Number one, Tennessee basketball back in action tonight at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center in Arena for a 7 p.m. tip-off against 11th-ranked Auburn. ESPN2. Tom Hart and Jimmy Dykes have the call. Tennessee looking to take it to Bruce and Stephen Pearl. Former West High graduate strode the sidelines of the Big Orange from 2007 to 2011. Interesting note, assistant coach Auburn uh, Ira Bowman played for Rick Barnes at Providence for two years, 91 and 93. Uh, I was watching, I, I, I fell into Jason Williams' White Chocolate YouTube. It's a good hole. It's a good one. There, there's a whole cottage industry of, like, white guy NBA YouTube that's out there. He's still probably Pe- the most fun. People love it for some. Yeah, it, um, I did not realize this about White Chocolate. Do you realize that White Chocolate – do you know who he originally committed to in the world of college basketball? Oh, I saw this on a video recently, and now I'm just drawing a blank. It was to Billy Donovan before he went to... Nope. He committed you... to Rick Barnes at Providence. I almost said Providence, but I, re- I did not he realize... He committed that... to Rick Barnes at Boy, Providence. Boy, he'd have coached that chocolate right out of him, okay, wouldn't he? Okay, now there's, yeah, there's some there's, deal. Then where did he go? It's a wild, it's a winding path for White Chocolate. He, he went to Fork Union Military Academy, which he said he lasted about a week at before he was out of there. Absolutely stunning. Sat out a year to play for Billy Donovan at Marshall. He wanted to go home in West Virginia. That's played it. for two years at Marshall. When Billy Donovan got the Florida job, he went with him to Florida, sat out a year there, and then played 17 games before getting kicked off the Gators for the Weeda. He uh, son, he talks about that in an interview. Like he called Donovan, he was like, "Hey man, uh, can I go with you? I, I, I want to go with you." He's like, "We well, gonna have to sit out." He's like, "That's that's fine. No, I'm I'm wanting to stay with you." Thank you. The old high school footage of him and Moss together is ridiculous. The Jason Williams highlights are fantastic. He was and remains a knucklehead. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no Number more so than Randy. It did kind of pan out for both of them. Yeah. Number two, SEC basketball tonight, college basketball tonight. Of course, uh, Tennessee-Auburn, your your big matchup. You've got 24th-ranked Florida playing host to Mizzou. Winless in the SEC, Missouri. Kyle Filipowski is in the lineup tonight for Duke as they play at home against Louisville. I was worried. I saw those candles Davey's been lighting over there in Nashville <laughs> helped. You know, we have this uh, SEC championship race conversation. Nobody talks about South Carolina. They're ten and four. They play at Texas A&M tonight. Eighteenth ranked Gamecocks. You got to think. A&M. Aren't they a pretty big underdog tonight? 
nah. I thought I saw like eight and a half. Five and a half. Okay, five and a half. They're a five and a half point dog to AM. Mm-hmm. AM's lost what? Four straight? They have lost oh it might be it might be five. You don't just stroll into no, Reed Arena and waltz away with a W. Hmm. Six uh 14th ranked Alabama is at Ole Miss, the Crimson Tide, a five and a half point favorite tonight on we, the road. We, we give Ole Miss any shot at home yeah, tonight. It'd be Maybe. pretty helpful. Chris yeah. Beard, get the boys up. Let's go rabbles. There was a, a stat John read this morning with a Tennessee win and an Alabama loss tonight. Tennessee moves up to like an 84% chance to at least share the SEC regular Let's season go. championship, and Bama drops to 14. Go Rebs. Where's my Ole Miss shirt when I need it? <laughs> I mean, you've got one. We know that. No, I got rid of it. Number three, Kansas has agreed to a new contract for Lance Leipold that features a significant raise in his average salary to more than $7 million. Lance Leipold At is Kansas. $7 million a year now. Danny Whitefine. Good for Kansas. Yeah. They had a couple good years, said, hey, this football thing makes a little money. Maybe we should spend on it, try to stay good. Smart uh, athletic direction there. Hmm. An aggressive commitment to football. Elevates Leipold to the top three in average salary in the Big 12. He's making nearly three times more than his initial salary at Kansas when he was hired from Buffalo in the 2021 cycle. He's gone 17 and 21 in his three seasons at Kansas, including 15 and 11 with two bowl appearances the past two seasons. Had to clean up old Lesticle's mess there. That is a pretty steep climb in the salary. For, what'd you say? 17 Fif- and 20, yeah. 20, 15 and 11 the last two years? That's not. They were, they have been fun to watch, though. Oh, they're, they're, they're. Quarterback injuries have what played into Jay- that a little Jaylen? bit. Jalen Jay- Williams? No. No, that's the dude from all. Jalen Daniel. Jalen Daniel? Jaden Dan- Jaden Daniels played for. Oh, it, maybe it is Jalen Daniels. No. Yeah. I don't know. Let's move along. There's a couple names that I always get them confused. Number four, Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting NCAA officials meeting in Indianapolis this week to discuss a calendar change for college football's National Signing Day. They are proposing three signing periods. This is the NCAA. <laughs> let's, no, let's, I like let's this. Let's make it more confusing. Attack the big topics head on. This is what we need. we got to fix the sport in three signing days. That's definitely how you do it. So the last Wednesday in June would be a signing day now. The Wednesday following the regular season and the first Wednesday in February. Why don't you just do the June the June as the early signing period and just get rid of because the the, the one after the do. regular season has got to be really inconvenient for a team that's playing in the well in anything but particularly your conference championship game. They're, one of the big things is they're, they don't want to do it and then have somebody that they've signed everything playing his senior year in high school and blows yeah. his knee yeah. out. Now they're stuck with him. It's understandable. Call me crazy. I think the way it was was better. This February? I do yeah. miss the big – because you still had guys enroll early. You yeah. still had your guys here in January or late December. You could still have all that. Yeah. And, and then, then you had signing day. You could have a two-week period, 
as soon as the bowl games are over, those usually end on January the 10th, and you've got until the uh, weekend, like the Friday before signing day. But no, let's do have three. An, have, an op- yeah. have an open transfer portal period. The NCAA could they literally could screw anything up. I mean, this Charlie Baker guy. Where, where do they find these guys to lead the NCAA? Where did he come from? He, he was the governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. That's right. He's a mass hole. I'll never forgive the SEC, or maybe it was the NCAA when he came on during one of our games, one of our baseball games last year. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to throw rocks at my screen. He was the most boring, slow, uninteresting person I've ever heard interview. And they have Sankey on every year. <laughs> I was going to say, Sankey is – that. that's always the worst when it's a big game, you're watching your team. and it's like, Coming up next, a visit with the commissioner. Literally, the commissioner of anything is yeah. always a bad thing. For the next two and a half innings, we're going to cut your screen in half so that you can see his face while he watches the game that you can no longer see. <laughs> this is the SEC Network. It's really going to piss you off. Stay tuned. <laughs> He'll say a lot of things you'll hate. <laughs> Here's their top four at four here on Fan Run Radio, 865-546-8200 if you want to chime in this afternoon. We are getting ready for... Tennessee basketball at the arena this evening. Bruce Pearl back in town. Who is the best basketball coach in UT history? Rick Barnes running away with it as we approach approach 1,000 votes cast on the Twitter machine. 79% responding for Coach Barnes. 12.8% going to Bruce Pearl. 8.3% 8.3% responding Ray Mears. Poor Ray Mears. Getting no love from the Drives audience this afternoon. And then question number two, what's more important to you, winning the SEC championship, what some call the regular season title, or getting a one seed, which has never been done before? I'm going with the one seed, man. We've done – I like to do things that have never been one done seed. before. yeah. I'm with you. And – Truth is, if you get the one seed, you're probably winning the SEC championship too. But just getting a one seed would be cool because it's never happened before. Just checking another box right. in Tennessee basketball lore. And it gives you the easiest chance to get to the program's first Final Four ever. You basically are assured of not having to play Purdue, UConn, or help me out here. Houston. Houston. That's yes. me. Yeah, it is you. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about the Cougars. Let's go back to the busy, busy phone lines and talk to Dr. Vall. Good afternoon, Dr. How are you, sir? I'm good, guys. Now, Russ, have you ever had Country Bob's? Country Bob's. He tweeted us about it. Apparently, it's a steak sauce. I can't. I, that must be a West Tennessee thing. I know we what's have. A, what's its primary flavor? Out. What's it comparable I to? Don't. There. I mean, I like it more than 57 sauce. Which honestly, I, if I have to put salt, steak sauce on a steak, I don't want the steak as I've gotten older. I know some people are like, and, and people just look at you like, you're going to put 57 on this beautiful cut of meat. But uh, sometimes I like it. Sometimes I'm ashamed, though. If I'm at a really nice place and I've got a filet or something, it's, like, it, it, it's pretty good. I, I, I 
sometimes I will not be that guy. But sometimes the the redneck in me bubbles up and it's like, give me some of that 57 sauce. Put on this beautiful <laughs> no, cut of meat. You want to talk about redneck, Russ. There's a place we go in Nashville to eat, and it, it is, uh, it's not cheap. You have to have reservations. And my lovely wife, she order filet and ask for ketchup. And I just Oof. I get redneck mad. Oh, that's kind of embarrassing. It's extremely embarrassing. <laughs> now, if you want to go with all Texas, the stuff that you do, the way you behave online <laughs> on the airwaves, and you you've got you've got you've got some chutzpah. I'll give you that, Dr. You know, I've got to behave to have noticed. She's got my tweet. She's got her tweet notifications on for when I tweet. So I have to really be careful nowadays. Well, she's got you yeah. on a leash. Yeah, yeah, that's an understatement of the year. I, I did have something new the other day, a pork rib. I was actually at Justin Hanna's place for uh, his restaurant. And I never had that before, but that is fantastic. That mm. is as tender as a filet. Yeah, they used to do that up at Rickard Ridge. I'm not sure if they, they still do. But what is it, a pork what? Pork ribeye. Pork ribeye. Never had that. It sounds uh, utterly disgusting. Well, I, I knew Bear would hate it, but I, I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I'm kind of with bear. Like, I don't eat a lot. I don't like bacon. Uh, I'll eat the rest of the pork. Now, guys, you're talking about Bruce Pearl. I tell this story every year, but with Bruce Pearl, it's personal for me. He is why I watch Tennessee basketball. He called my brother uh, when he was getting treatment at St. Jude. Bear, I don't know if you ever had this when you're going through treatment at Marinol. It's a uh, pill form of marijuana. So he had the munchies. He's sitting there eating. Nurse walks in and says, uh, Jay, the Tennessee coach is on the line. I was excited. I mean, I was 16. It was 05. I was like, oh, God, Philip Fulmer's on the line? They said, no, Bruce Pearl. And in true Russell Smith fashion, I said, who is Bruce Pearl? <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is this guy? I thought you were going to tell no, me that Pearl walked in and took some of the medical marijuana with you guys. You guys, like, pigged out on Cheetos or something. That would have been a great story. Well, I am familiar with that. that night. What's that? It works. Uh, he was in Memphis that night, and that stuff works. My brother was high as a cat, and we sat there and watched Bruce Pearl beat Memphis. It was, uh, and that was the beginning of my fandom. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Russ. I want that number one seed. It's kind of I remember when we won the SEC tournament. Of course, I'd never seen it because I'm uh, relatively new to Tennessee basketball compared to a lot of people, and I just want to see something I've never seen before, and I want the best chance to a Final Four. I don't get Philly saying he doesn't care. I mean, the one seed helps you get to the Final Four, like you were saying. And that's what I want tonight. Or that's what I want for this season. Yeah, that would be pretty special. Doesn't guarantee you anything. I ask Alabama how that works out. But it all you can do is hope for the easiest path possible. Now, what do you guys think about this? I, I've seen some people say, you know, they're, they're, if you do get the one seed, they're probably going to put you in the West and you'd have to travel out far, further there and that it might be more advantageous to be a two seed a little bit closer to home. I kind of think, you know, this day and age, these kids have grown up traveling, flying on planes. Like, again, just give me the easiest path. Yeah, for me, it's not so much the kids. It's can Tennessee fans mm. make it to the game and make an impact. Uh, I mean, we, I don't know what – did we break a sellout record this season at, for home games? I think we did, or we tied it. I mean, I, I think if you were to go into the tournament with a one seed, if you could somehow get a one seed closer, I think Tennessee fans would represent. That's that's what I like. I love when, you know, they show a tournament game, and by the time the Tennessee game starts, you know, half the lower bowl is orange and white. I mean, these kids, and I, I mean, during the season too, but off season, aren't they traveling all over the country playing – 
ball anyway. I mean, I don't think that matters. Yeah, they they should be used to it. I just want as many of yeah. our fans there as possible when you get to the postseason. Yeah, and, and you know, I, the nega ball in me comes out thinking, well, we get that one seed, it make it hurt worse if we underachieve again. But that's all I got, guys. Thank you, Dr. I, I just don't recall ever feeling like Tennessee fans have made that big a difference in an NCAA tournament atmosphere. No, I, I just I would like for our fans it's to much be, easier to be able to go. Yeah, it's much yeah. easier to get to say Dallas than L.A. Although I will say the the regional sites are kind of weird this year. Dallas, L.A., Detroit, and Boston. That's Detroit? Yeah. East, north, southwest. Well, yeah. Well, Midwest is what they're calling Detroit, which is also funny to me. I, well, I just think that the geographical concerns, I mean, you have to – like, to me, it, it feels like they're just trying to shimmy Arizona in there so that they have a Western team. Right. I think you're 100% right. That That's more of a we got to have a West team in the West. You can't let that play a role in it, man. You got to pick the four best teams, right? You're talking about the NCAA yeah, here. Have so. any kind of any kind of credibility at all. Let's get Roberto in here next. Berto, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes. Um, yeah. I like your last statement there. We're talking about the NCAA selection committee here, guys. Like, they'll do anything they can to job SEC schools, A, and really to job Tennessee, B, especially now that everybody's mad at us for football and us raking them over the coals and showing them the 50 states, as as Russ would say, uh, the last couple of weeks. So I I don't think Tennessee will end up with a, with a one, but just for the whatever it's worth – I've never seen, you know, two years ago, or I guess it was three years ago now, if you'd said, what do you want the most? I would have said an SEC tournament title because I had never seen one in my lifetime, ever. Check to that box. And then we've got an SEC regular season in my lifetime. So I've never seen a one seed. I would love to be a one. And there's another, there's an alternative reason there too. And my alternative reason is to want a one is Rick Barnes, has never outplayed his seed line as a coach. It's a good point. I guess maybe that one year with he was with Texas, he might have been a two, but I think he was a one. What his final four run? Yeah, no, he was a one seed a one. that year. They were a one. Okay, so um, they, he just doesn't happen. Now, with that said, Bruce Pearl is the reason I got back into Tennessee basketball. All that. Neanderthalic idiocy under un, under Jerry Green and and Kevin O'Neill and all that that lost me. Like I didn't enjoy Tennessee basketball then. Um, I remember Devoe. I went to Devoe games. Sadly, I remember Houston games. Uh, but Bruce Pearl brought me back into the fold. Uh, I loved watching his teams play basketball. By the way, uh, Jamie had mentioned. Chris Lofton, you could argue, did have a better freshman year for who he was versus who Allen Houston was. I mean, Chris Lofton averaged almost 14 points a game as a freshman. That's pretty legit. Uh, obviously, uh, Allen Houston averaged like 21, I think, but still. Um, there could be argument made. But but all that to say, Bruce brought me back into the fold, and he is not a better 
basketball coach at the University of Tennessee than Rick Barnes, especially if Rick Barnes equals – if he gets to an Elite Eight this year, for example, Rick Barnes immediately becomes that or should, in my opinion, for everyone. He's got every record at that point. I'm surprised at how unanimous this fan base is in saying that Rick Barnes is the best coach. Uh, 78% of respondents mm-hmm. on Twitter and all but a handful of our callers so far today seem to be pretty unanimous in that. I I, I love Bruce Pearl. I still love Bruce Pearl. I want him to lose tonight, but I love Bruce Pearl. I'm a sheep. I admit it. I'm a Pearlanista. Okay? I was a bring back Bruce guy when Conzo was here. I... I Sign the petition. That's how big a sheep I am, okay? Rick Barnes has done more at the University of Tennessee, short of taking us to an Elite Eight, than Bruce Pearl had ever thought about doing here. And my question I'm going to drop with this, guys, do we get? does Rick Barnes get to 200 wins or 100 losses here faster? He's 196 and 98 right now. Does he get to 200 wins? or 100 losses. <laughs> I don't first. know, man. That's have a, a good one. one. All right. Thank you, Roberto. Anybody have a thought on that? Oh. I want to say 200. I think so, too. But that's, you know. So we're going at least three and one down the stretch here, right? And we're not losing In Friday first, night in right, the SEC yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. Right? You're right. Right? Right. <laughs> so he'll be 299 at some point. And then he'll probably be 299 going into – well, I guess he would – Well, then if you do that and you get to the uh, – Reaching that point in the show where my brain starts to hurt. I will say this. If the bracketology that I saw last night – this was from Lenardi, so who knows? It changes by the minute, right? Yeah. But he had us as a two-seed in the south playing in the Dallas Regional – this would be Houston's region. So, you know, I, I got a bunch of blowback from a uh, college basketball guy out there. Do you watch college basketball? Creighton would tear us apart. I saw that reply uh, to you, uh, actually. Uh, so, Fairfield, we play Fairfield. You win that one, round one. Then you're playing the winner of Colorado State, Wake Forest. I had somebody try to tell me that Wake Forest would beat us. I don't. I don't want to see Wake Forest in round two. If I'm being honest, there's history there. We beat them, man. We. Beat I them. think we would. I still. They're a. They're uh, a high they, scoring they team. They don't scare me at all. We're a. We're a good defensive team. I agree. And then you would play uh, Creighton or Florida. Probably, yeah. I. I feel like here's the deal: the SEC tournament or NCAA tournament. Any way you slice it, it you're going to get one game. You get a first round game that you should handle if you're a two or a one seed and then after that it's all up for grabs man that second round game might be manageable as they say but after that you could throw the seedings out the the window as far as I'm concerned you know you're playing Florida or or Creighton yeah it's going to be difficult but I guarantee you their fans are a lot more worried about playing Tennessee than we are about playing them and if some of y'all out there are worried about playing Creighton or Wake Forest in the NCAA tournament, might I humbly suggest that perhaps you, my friend, are not cut out for this college basketball thing. You might want to go find something else to do the next couple of weeks. Ooh, Creighton! 
Wake Forest, oh no, Steve Jobs. Oh. Please, man. Mark the tape here. Just please. What's that you always say? Tempting the uh, wrath of the thing from high atop the whatever. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Quick timeout. The drive continues. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on board. 546-8200. Back with more after this. The Drive. Check out our... Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. So, give me your power rankings on your cults. I've never got... I don't don't know if you've ever told us your list. You got to set this up. The, the listening audience, thousands of people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. You, you can't just come on and say, give me your cult power rankings. Well, today is the, oh God, I'll set it up. You know, today's the there anniversary you go. you got this. of the ATF, ATF raid on uh, Branch Davidian compound. You guys getting uh, Amber Alert here too? I feel like this is two days in a row. It's the same. No, but I feel like now that you've got one, I'm about to. It's why did my phone just no, replay but- yesterday's Amber Alert? The ATF stormed into Waco, Texas. You want my cult leader power rankings? Yeah. I'm going number one, the Heaven's Gate, uh, Marshall Duh. Applewhite. Doe. Number one. Oh. Uh, number two, and we'll just keep it to well-known cults here because there are a couple, like, if you want to get off the beaten path, there are some weird, some weird things out there. Dude, that, that one where they call that lady mother. Uh, there's yeah. a documentary on HBO, her. yeah. yeah. I, we got to watch that as, um, as a Number family. two, I'm going uh, Jim Jones, Jimmy Jones, old Jimmy, the Kool-Aid. What was, it, what was his group called? The People's Temple. They, they, yeah. were, they were into some weird stuff. Oh, uh, they were? <laughs> I'll, I'll make a note <laughs> yeah, they, of that. <laughs> he convinced a bunch of people to move out to like, the jungles French, of South America. French Guyana. Um, we'll go Branch Davidians, number three. We will go Manson Family, number four. Pound for pound. You know, they were a lot smaller than those other groups, but I really. Well, I mean, this occupies such a uh, noted place in the American psyche. Yeah. You know, major media was was around for, for all that stuff, and they got a lot of. Got a lot of um, pub, a lot of TV time, all that stuff. And then um, I, I'll go uh, round it out with the uh, Warren Jeffs, that offshoot, the the oh the FDLS or whatever they are, the, um, that Mormon cult, yeah, like fringe, yeah. That, he's he's God, a bad guy. I feel guy. like it's kind of insulting to Mormons, Stephen. Probably. Yeah, you got your Mitt Romney Mormons. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the Church of Jesus Christ yeah, in Latter Day. Those people, fine folks. All the women in the pastel dresses that look like frontiers women, and they're marrying them at like age twelve and stuff. That's yeah. that's bad stuff. And then you've got Kentucky basketball fans, which are a cult of their own. TJ is our next caller. Good afternoon, TJ. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. 
Hey, what's up, buddy? I thought she was going to say the Texas A&M Midnight Yellers or whatever they're called. That's a cult, ain't it? That's a that's a good one too. Really, that whole university when you get down to it. Yeah. Hey, you know, you just mentioned before the break you wouldn't worry about Creighton. Didn't they just beat UConn by twenty, like last week? Hey, they look, did. I mean, they say in March. But but you look at March. You can't you can't take anything lightly. You can't. You can't, and that, uh, that's what I said, is, is once you get past that first round, it's its on, man, and, and anybody, absolutely anybody can beat you, but we would be playing Creighton like a month from now, and we're talking about a team that has losses this year to Colorado State, UNLV, Villanova, um, Butler, Providence, this is not, you know, they lost to St. John's the other night, their, their well, game. The game after they beat UConn by 20, they lost to St. John's by four. So, they're not a juggernaut, man. Tennessee can play with them. I can tell you firsthand experience, though. You ain't promised to get out of the first round. Kentucky against the 15th well, seed, I forgot. I forgot who they were. Uh, Duke against Lehigh a couple of years ago. It was St. Uh, Peter's. Uh, wasn't it? You didn't Coast. forget, see. You didn't forget, TJ. Say it. Say it. Okay, St. Peter's. Oh, um. You knew who it was. Just like we'll never forget hey, Sister look. Jean. Look, oh, yeah, Sister Jean. Cody won't. Hey, a lot of y'all's fans uh, are talking about one seed. They'd love to see it, um, all this stuff. And, you know, one seed, it's, it's great. But did you know that only nine one seeds since 2016 have been in the Final Four out of 28 one seeds? Last year... It was a four seed, a five seed, a five seed, and a six seed. So being mm-hmm. a one seed, yeah, it's good and cool until you get put out. Yeah, and then you're just that one seed that didn't make the final four. Yeah, but the numbers don't lie. Like they've they've broken down those numbers to beyond scientific. Your chances of making it to the final four are significantly greater if you're a number one seed. No, it feels well, like, are, to your but, point, TJ, it does feel like it's getting less and less advantageous to be a one seed. It feels yeah. like there's more parity than ever in that tournament. But yeah. I, I think we would all like to be the one seed. As long as you don't get beat in the first round, which even even some of the stigma there, now that it's happened a couple of times, was, is it? are we up to three now? Purdue, Virginia, is it just Purdue and Virginia? I think it's Virginia? just those two. Okay, yeah. You know, it, it would suck and, and you would be clowned and rightfully so and all, all, all that stuff, but... Man, you just didn't want to be the first one. That's a that's a crown Virginia has to wear forever. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, it is, but here's the thing. They won the national championship the next year. So my question to you is, this year, if you did get the number one seed and you knew for a fact you would win the national championship next year, oh, would you take it? I love it. Yes, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. I'll sign up for too. that now. I Look, I know people like to dog Virginia, but, man, they won it literally the next year. I'd take it in a heartbeat. Um, Looking forward to the game tonight, actually. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to watch it. These are the kind of games that I like to watch because my team's not playing, obviously, so I'm not sweating bullets like you guys will be. But I think Tennessee will uh, uh, beat Auburn by about 15. So, good luck tonight, guys. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. That was – Maybe you want to puke in your soup last night watching 
his guys win down there at the hump. Yeah, would have been uh, would have been nice if Shepard you know misses that last little runner. Pretty good shot. They really they really should have iced it. That was a bad turnover by him to let Mississippi State get back in the game. It was a terrible turnover by him. It was an amazing shot by, by Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, he's to good. tie. He is really good. You I think have, he stays at Mississippi State, or you think he gets poached? That's a good question. I don't know. He feels like a possible poach candidate to me. Where where did he come from? He's is, a freshman. Is, is he? Yeah, is he a, was a five star dude because he he destroyed us. Yeah, he had twenty twenty two maybe. Yeah, Josh Hubbard. Let's find out if he wants to come up to Knoxville. I'll find a spot for him. Could you rub your hands together? <laughs> three, Polish three Joe yes. is next. Pojo, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Hello, gentlemen. Good afternoon. How we doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? Happy belated birthday, Bear. Thank you, Pojo. You guys in your new studio yet? I haven't been able to listen too much. We are not. You know if they're going to put the metal detectors in at the entrance? <laughs> sure that you didn't call just for this, Jeff. Um, so did you guys, I just got an alert on my phone. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's uh Amber alert or something, but I, I haven't looked at my phone. Is it an alert that it's marches tomorrow? If you're a Tennessee fan, it's not tomorrow. It's a leap year. Marches. No, oh, Pojo so thought Saturday. he had you. He thought he Saturday. had you. Uh, March is Friday. Dancing okay, all around. So, uh, so guys, we'll get um, you a calendar, what Pojo. I'm thinking, what I'm thinking here is what, what, and you know these these analytics. You know, if you, if you're a number one seed, and Russell, I'm coming after you. You're just saying who you want to play and who you don't want to play. Mm -hmm. If you're a number one seed, you don't care who you play, buddy. Well, you, I mean, you, do you think UNLV in the '90s with Tarkanian was he when they were a number one seed? Do they worry about who they're playing? No. If you're a top four team in the country, you throw the balls out and you do it. Well, that's ridiculous. That's I mean, absolutely I mean, absurd. We, no, you don't. Gonna, you might not be worried about that first round matchup, but you absolutely are concerned with your path to the Final Four. And then once you get to a Final Four, like it doesn't matter what seed. It really doesn't matter what seed you are after the first or second round. Bojo, yeah, of course you're concerned with your path to the Final Four and the championship. Everybody is, I yes, mean, including I UNLV mean, and Jerry Tarkanian. I mean, what, what, is it, what is it? How are we going to? How is Barnes? I'm actually calling by his name. What is Barnes? How is Barnes going to? If it's a 10 o'clock tip time, how is he going to get Viscovi cool with that? Or how is he going to get the Colorado game last year out of Triple J's mind before the game starts? I mean, I, I don't know. I, the, the good thing about this roster is we're kind of insulated with those guys where. You don't really have to depend on them for I – mean, they're not scoring a ton anyway. So if you get eight or nine points out of Triple J and Viscovi, then that's fine. Like you, you would take that. If you get anything more out of them, then that, that's all great. somebody out. Yeah. The other, the other thing with these analytics, gosh, I hate the analytics thing because you can make a number for anything. You can make a number for anything. All, all the times one seed gets to the Final Four – 
or burned his record somehow. But I mean, it, the people that are just so in, infatuated with Barn is they they pull out all these statistics and numbers. Well, why don't you divide his his years coaching to final four appearances? What's the percentage on that? What's the percentage for anybody who's ever coached? One on out that? of forty. <laughs> One out of forty. How many coaches have have been to a final four? Active coaches right now. A bunch more than you know who. Less than ten, right? He's out, one out of, of them, Bojo. Three hundred. <laughs> he's in the top. He's tied for like the top thirty of active coaches in postseason wins, guys. Look it up. I think he's twenty-eight of twenty-eight. Well, what do you want to? What, what do you want to do? You want to fire what, him right what now? Would, no. What would? And then you look at the teams he's coached, the programs compared to Pearl. Pearl. Pearl went to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Can you imagine if he started he, – he had Clemson, Texas, and Tennessee powerhouses, how many – what his well, record would be? you skipped two jobs. You skipped two head coaching jobs for Rick Barnes there. Which one? And you're calling Clemson a basketball powerhouse, Power. which is just <laughs> patently, patently – fa- that, that is a false statement of fa- – Compared to false. University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Crash and burn, Pojo. Factually incorrect, emotionally incorrect, spiritually incorrect. Just a mess of a phone call from Polish Joe right now. I apologize. I'm sorry that you had to sit through and listen to that nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. We pride ourselves on being better than that. I'm sorry. We did not live up to our standard here on The Drive with that phone call. I'm sorry. Yes, the noted basketball hotbed of Clemson just rolled out the carpet for Richard Dale Barnes. He just walked in there and just started winning, just started racking up easy wins. I mean, what was Texas before he got there? Have they ever won? Any, have they ever won anything before or after Rick Barnes? No, not really. I don't think so. I mean, Tom Penders had. A couple of nice seasons. Nothing compared to what Rick Barnes did there. Barnes is the first ballot, like, unanimous Hall of Fame choice. And and now Rick Barnes is going on an all-time successful run at Tennessee. How many programs has this guy built? He just does it everywhere he goes. Quick timeout. The drive continues, 865-546-8200. We'll continue with phone calls. Nowhere to go but up after that one. <laughs> Take a lap, Pojo. Back with more after this. The- we, we, we lost the caller, Jordan. He's, I mean, call back. He's pretty much the opposite of Polish Joe. When it comes to basketball knowledge and information. Yeah, he's got actual facts and figures. and He lives in reality. Well, I love I mean, Post Joe. He's, he's into it. He's amusing. Pojo took it on the chin this afternoon. It's all right. He'll be back. Might take him a while to dust himself. He'll call back in March, which starts Friday. 
I knew it as soon as he didn't start Grant Williams against Purdue in overtime. I bet if we lose tonight, we hear from him again tomorrow. I welcome the phone call. You know we'll hear from uh, Phil and Jamie. Known disciples. They'd be apostles, wouldn't they? For Bruce, Brucifer. The disciples were apostles. Were they? Yeah. I can't apostles, remember. Apostles, disciples, that same thing. I don't think it is. They're not? I don't think so. Who's. You're doing that thing. We're doing that thing to each other. We're no, not, you're know. making me very unsure. I'm pretty sure they're they, not the same they, thing. Yeah, the, the apostles, the apostle Paul. That's a lot different than a, being he a disciple. He came after the disciples. You had the 12 disciples, and then... The disciples are students or learners. An apostle is one who is sent or a messenger. So did the disciples become apostles? apostles? Well, Peter did, or Paul. I can't remember all of it. It is getting. It is the Easter season. What'd you give up for Lent, big boy? Uh... I didn't. Wow. Completely honest. An honest Wednesday. I, I, I gave up lying to you about inconsequential <laughs> things that you asked me on air. Sometimes, I, you know, if it just doesn't matter, I just say whatever pops into my head. Tucker says Paul was not a disciple, he was but a, he, re- mis- he misspelled disciple. So I can only imagine that Tucker is texting me through the fog of his COVID-induced fever dream. It was this one was pretty rough, man. Not gonna lie. How many of the twelve disciples can you name? Me? Yeah. Well, Mister, uh, I went to Catholic school. <laughs> I'm gonna opt out of this one. <laughs> Multiple concussions, COVID <laughs> twice. Well, I mean, Did I, a lot of stupid things in my twenties and thirties. Peter, Peter, Paul, Judas, Ringo, <laughs> Matthew. Judas was yeah, Matthew, Simon. Simon, was there Simon, a Joseph? There was. A, was there a Simon Peter? That's Peter. There were two. Yeah, there were two. Well, no, there was Simon. There was Peter, mm-hmm. and then I'm fairly certain there was a Simon Peter somewhere in the might, Bible. I think you might be right. Yeah. I feel like I've heard. You know, Simon Peter. I think Sister uh, Paulinus told me about Simon Peter in one of her lectures to me. Let's see what it had to do with not punching people, but. Mark, Mark, Luke, Luke, Paul, we said Paul, George, Judas was his favorite. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way those guys are. They deceive you. Yeah. Like you'd sell me out in the garden out here for 30 pieces of silver. But Jesus knew. He knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, I'm just I'm looking. No, I did. I'm looking at the Sunday list and remembering the, the names that you guys just said. So it's funny. Uh, who are we missing? Okay, it's Peter, mm-hmm. James, James, James. P- Peter is also Jimmy. Simon Peter. There is also Simon the Zealot or Zealot. <sighs> I can't remember. Zealot. Yeah, say so he was a very devoted guy. Simon. Peter, James, John, mm-hmm. Andrew, Bartho- Andrew, Bartholomew, Bartholomew, Andy. Bart. Was Bartho- it one with an M, a weird one? It was Bartholomew or Nathaniel. They were the same person. James, the lesser or younger. Judas, Jude, 
or Thaddeus, Jude and Thaddeus, same person, Matthew or Levi, Philip, Simon the Zealot, and Thomas. Oh, we nailed that. All over it. Who denied him three times? Peter. Peter. Before the cock crowed. Yeah. You guys see ever see Passion? No, man. Mm-mm. Little much. I know what happened. Is that the one okay. with Jim? I know how Caviezel, it ends. Yeah. Talk about a wackadoodle. I guess that guy's out there. Caviezel? Yeah. Like I like most everything he's in as an actor, but he's kind of Commander Cuckoo. I really liked. Uh, there were a couple of '60s movies: um, King of Kings, with I believe Robert Hunter was a good Jesus, and um, uh, is it Jesus of Nazareth? There's there's a couple of good ones in there. Of course, you got the Charlton Heston movies. You got Ben Hur, Ten Commandments. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, what was that? Was it the Seventh Sign or the Seventh Seal? Yeah. With Ingmar Jurgen? Bergman. No, it was uh, had Demi Moore and Jurgen Prochnow played Jesus, and uh, the guy who played Kyle in the original Terminator, Michael Bien, he's in it. Y'all never said it was like a end of the world, like Revelations kind of movie. Pretty wild. Some David Koresh stuff. No, no, it was like straight up. The, no, that was Koresh's thing. Like the he lion, was, the lion was returning. Koresh kept telling the FBI he would come out of the compound when he finished writing his interpretation of the Seventh Seals, which you can read online. There was, if, a, if you so desire, you can also no. listen to his sermons. He was, he was out there. Kind of like the Bruceafarians. They're out there. Have you? Did you see those? On a different uh, wavelength. God, what was that movie called? I uh, tried to pivot back, Houston, but we're staying on this. Yeah. I mean, we've only got like a minute. Because uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to know if you saw this movie. Because uh, it was creepy as hell. Um, had Eric Stoltz, I think, was in it. Christopher Walken played the angel Gabriel. Oh, the prophecy. Yes. I've never seen that, but I've heard of it. It's It's freaky. Yeah. And then Vigo Mortensen, one of his first roles, he plays the devil. You want to do me, give me a little Christopher Walken? I know you can do a Christopher Walken impression, Chris. I told you they can't put people on the spot like that. Uh, come on. Got to have more cowbell. Todd. <laughs> Tell that mean ocean. Did you, did you like that commercial? That was a good commercial. I liked it. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice little. That would be maddening if you were that guy. Oh, I got your glass of water. Coming oh. up, hour number three of the program, Christopher Gabriel from KMJ Fresno, one of our disciples, will join the program. Or are we his disciples? We'll let you decide. We've got the top five at five coming up with some interesting uh, Tennessee football scheduling information for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, I better know what it is. Well, you'll find out soon enough. Hour number three of The Drive coming up on many of these fine fan-run affiliates. Stay with us. We're back with more right after this.